Uh, did you guys ever wonder where the expression, the real McCoy, came from? Uh, according to the folks at phrases.org, nobody really knows the origin of that phrase, the real McCoy. But they made some guesses, and here's some possibilities that they shared. Uh, some think that that phrase, the real McCoy, came from the advertisements for a brand of Scottish whiskey from the 1870s. To combat cheap imitators, the distiller promoted its drink as the real McCoy. All right? Others, others point to Kid McCoy, a welterweight boxing champion from the late 1800s. So many lesser fighters traded on his name that the promoters resorted to calling the champ the real McCoy. Now, one more other possibility. Another possibility is Elijah McCoy. He was a Canadian inventor of the engine lubricants that became popular with steam engines. When lower quality substitutes became common, he patented, patented his product, and it became known as the real McCoy. All right? Well, whatever the origi origin of that term, we all know what it means, right? It's the genuine article, the real deal. That's what it means when you talk about the real McCoy. Well, this morning, our context of Scripture that we're going to be studying is talking about the real McCoy. In fact, as you read through the book of James, you see James making reference to what it is to be the real McCoy. So I'm going to invite you this morning, as we continue with that particular theme, the real McCoy, join me in the book of James, or in James chapter 1, and we're looking at verses 26 and 27, just two verses this morning. But our theme, what we'll be talking about, is the real McCoy. So, you can join me by opening up a copy of God's Word, or you can take a look up here on the screen as I read those verses. So James says this to us this morning. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless, in other words, the real McCoy, is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Here is the reading of our passage of study this morning as we continue to talk about the real McCoy. So James is telling us this morning when he comes, he's talking about religion. What, what is real, pure, authentic religion? What is the real McCoy when it comes to the religion, or we should say the expression of one's faith? How do we know that we have the real McCoy? How do we know it's authentic? Again, we're talking about the expression of our faith. How do we know that it's authentic? How do we know that it's real and genuine? Well, James gives us three things this morning, three characteristics of the real McCoy or authentic religion. And we're going to take a look at that together. So authentic religion or the real McCoy, according to James, is characterized by three things. Here's number one, a controlled tongue, a controlled tongue. James brings this challenge in verse 26. 
If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. In other words, because of his speech, the way he talks, we can see that his religion is not the real McCoy. See, the way you talk can ruin your testimony. I want you to take a look at a few words here as we look at verse 26. We're still looking at verse 26. I want you to first take a look at the word religion. And uh, that word that is translated religion refers to the outward expression of one's faith, such as, you know, rituals or routines or liturgies. Practices, practices such as going to church on Sunday would be considered religion. Uh, carrying your Bible with you as you go to church, that, that's called religion. That's an outward expression of your faith. Um, also, giving food to the homeless could be an expression of religion. Uh, visiting the nursing home, giving money. These things are outward expressions of one faith, one's faith and is referred to as religion. Religion. So when James is talking about religion, he's talking about your outward expression. If your talk does not match your outward expression, then that religion that you talk about or demonstrate or model is worthless. Okay, So our talk, our speech, is very critical when it comes to our religion, the outward expression of our faith. Now there's something else I want to point out to you in that verse too. Not only the word religion, but also I want you to look at the phrase, if anyone considers himself religion, religious. So take a look at that phrase there. If anyone considers himself religious. Here, here's what I want to share with you, and hopefully I don't bore you here at this point. But that phrase, that phrase again, if anyone considers himself religious, well that phrase is classified as a first-class conditional sentence in Greek, okay? It's a first-class conditional sentence in Greek. But what does that mean? Well, what that means is it is assumed as true, okay? We don't see it in English, but in the Greek you can see it's assumed as true. It starts out with the letter if, as if this might be true or it might not be true. No, in the Greek it is true. So it's like this. If anyone considers himself religious, and it's true, okay, everybody considers themselves religious. If you will, everybody thinks they are God in their own eyes, you know. We're proud. We're a proud people. We're proud of the way we live our religion. We're proud about taking our Bible to church. We're proud that we don't miss church on Sunday. We're proud how we minister to the homeless or how we visit the nursing home and so forth. I mean, that's that outward expression. And we're proud about that. We're proud about that. So it's not, you know, a maybe. It, it's true. If anyone considers himself religious, and the truth is everybody considers himself to be religious. That's what James is saying. And since you consider yourself religious, and your speech and talk doesn't back it up, well, then your religion amounts to a hill of beans, basically. You see, speech is so critical when it comes to authenticating what we really believe and practice. So James says, you know, that 
the real McCoy, you, here's how you can tell it's the real McCoy, it's authentic religion. The speech, the way we talk, backs up what we practice. Hey, are you with me on this now? That's the real McCoy. Your talk lines up with what you do. During the great Welch revival that took place in Britain during the 1900s, uh, comes this story. Listen to this story. It is said that hundreds of coal miners were converted to Christ. And because of that a convert, conversion, their production as miners um, was greatly affected. Now, the miners, when they became Christians, they didn't stop working. They continued to work. Okay, And sometimes they even were more faithful in their work because of being believers in Jesus Christ. So that wasn't the problem. They worked. Here's what the problem took. Here's what happened. The problem was that the profanity of so many miners was cleaned up that their mules did not recognize the commands and refused to pull the coal wagons. Okay? That's what happened. So James is telling us, you know, authentic religion, the real McCoy, the expression of your religion is backed up by your talk. It's backed up by your speech. If your talk's trashy, your religion is trashed. Number two. We're talking about the real McCoy. Authentic religion. How do we know that it's the genuine thing? Well, number two, the real McCoy regarding religion is characterized by, number two, a compassionate heart. A compassionate heart. We're looking at verse 27 now. We're looking at the first half of that verse. And here's what the author says. He says, religion that our God the Father accepts as pure and faultless, i.e. the real McCoy, is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. The real McCoy, authentic religion, looks after widows and orphans in their distress. In this particular context here, when this particular letter was written, they were dealing with something regarding orphans and widows. I mean, that was probably front and center for them. They're, that was an issue that they had to address, and that's why it's incorporated here. And that doesn't mean that we need to ignore orphans or widows either. But I think there's a broader application of verse 27, at least that first half. Anyone who is in distress falls within these verses. So it could be the homeless could be the homeless. It could be individuals who have addictions. Um, it could be divorced mothers with young children. James' point is this. He says, pure and faultless religion, I mean, the real McCoy demonstra demonstrates compassion to those who are in need or are in distress. All right? So how do we know that you have the real McCoy? How do we know your faith is the real McCoy? Well, in its expression, we see you having compassion. Your heart is compassionate towards those who are 
distressed, who are in need. That's how we know that your faith is authentic and it's the real McCoy. One more, number three here. Our last authentic religion, or the real McCoy, is characterized by a clean life. That comes in verse 27, the latter half of verse 27. So look at verse 27. Here's what James says. He says, pure and faultless religion is this, or the real McCoy is this. Keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Okay, did you see that? Keep oneself from being polluted by the world. That's true, faultless religion, or the real McCoy. You keep yourself from being polluted by the world. Now, let, let's dive into a little bit deeper here. The word there, world, look at it, the word world, this word is referring to that system of beliefs that the world promotes. Okay, We're not talking about earth. When it says the world, we're not talking about earth. Rather, we're talking about a system of beliefs, a philosophy that is populated by our culture and our world that is contrary, that's key, which is contrary to what God has dictated or you know, shared in his word. So those who are practicing the real McCoy, as far as when it comes to the expression of their faith, they are keeping themselves from being tainted and polluted by the world's thinking, the world's philosophy. Well, let's see if we can identify some of that philosophy, that thinking. Here's the world's thinking. The world says this, look out for yourself, for you're the only person that matters. That's the world talking. The world says, you know, truth is relative. You determine what is right and wrong. That's worldly thinking. Okay, that's our culture. Another one is this. What's wrong with pornography? It's entertainment. Okay, that's the world talking. Money. The more, the merrier. Again, that's a philosophy that comes from our culture, the world. Do whatever it takes to get ahead, the world says. So what if you have to fudge and cheat just a bit? That's the world's way of thinking. You see, the world has a way of thinking that is contrary. It's contrary to what God has shared with us in the Bible, in his word. You see, the world says, take. God says, give. The world says, go ahead, make my day. God says, forgive. The world says, ah, oh, truth is all relative. God says, I am the truth. The world says, strive for first place. God says, the last will be first. Those who practice authentic religion, the real McCoy, recognize the world's philosophy, the world's teaching, and they depart from it. They step away from it. Why do they step away? Why do they depart? Because the philosophy of this world will pollute your testimony and your faith in God. So, authentic religion that is pure and faultless, in other words, it's the real McCoy, 
those individuals keep themselves from being polluted by the world. Let me introduce you to Roy Weiss. Uh, Roy Weiss served as the campus minister for Christian Campus House at the University of Missouri there in Columbia. And Roy tells of a phone call he received at his office at the Christian Campus House there in Missouri. And uh, on, the end of the call, on, on, the end of, on the other end of the phone, the call, was a father. And his father says, I want to talk to you. He says, I want to know what you did to my sons. So Roy was a bit taken aback at first. And he kind of wondered what was he getting himself into, what kind of accusations were coming his way. But he did uh, decide that he would meet with this father and hear his concerns. Well, by the time that this father arrived for his appointment, Roy Weiss had, pretty good, had a pretty good idea who this gentleman was. Uh, the two sons of this gentleman were members of a fraternity just up the street from the campus house there on uh, the Missouri University campus there. And, uh, and not long before, these two boys had decided to become followers of Jesus Christ, again, under the influence and counsel of Roy Weiss. And these two young men gave their heart and their life to Jesus Christ. So when the father arrived, he explained, I know what my two boys were like when they came to school. I know, that they, I know how they lived, and I know how they talked. I know what their priorities were, and I know at least some of what... Let me back up. I know how they spent some of their time there at campus in the fraternity. Since you got a hold of them, they are totally different. I don't know what you did to them, but I need some of it, he said. Well, according to Roy, after several long talks and some serious thinking, the father of these two boys decided that he, too, would become a follower of Jesus Christ. And that's what he needed was Christ. That's what the real McCoy does. When the real deal shows up in your life, those around you take notice. That's the real McCoy. People are impacted. People are changed when it's the real McCoy. So James says this morning, the religion, that outward expression that God accepts as pure and faultless, in other words, the real McCoy, is a religion that's characterized by three things. The first those who practice the real McCoy control their tongue, okay? They control their tongue. Second of all, the real McCoy, those who have the real McCoy, they have a compassionate heart. And lastly, they have a clean life. They keep themselves from being polluted by the world. Now, one last final thought, and then we're done. The real McCoy is only attainable through an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. 
Without Christ in your life, you have no authenticity, spiritually speaking. Without Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can't be the real McCoy. Oh, you can control your tongue for a while, but then you're going to mess up and you're going to embarrass yourself with the words you say. Also, you can be compassionate. You can be compassionate, but it's short-lived. Without Jesus Christ, you can also have a clean life to a degree. I mean, we call that being disciplined. But it's only manufactured by you, and that won't get you anywhere. To be the real McCoy... We each need to have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So what are you to do with this morning's challenge from James chapter 1, verses 26 and 27? Well, James should, should challenge us to take inventory. So for those of you who have Jesus Christ in your life as your Lord and Savior, this morning's passage is, is kind of a litmus test, I guess you could say. And we need to ask ourselves, how am I doing with the controlled tongue? Okay. What changes do I need to make so that proper speech comes forth? Again, understand, we're not talking about perfection. We're just talking about, hey, I want to honor God. I want to strive and try and be the real McCoy. So how do you got to tweak your language? Uh, your heart, compassionate heart. How, how are you in the area of compassion? Are you weak in that area? Ask yourself, why is it? Why am I weak here? Why don't I really give a hoot about those people or those situations? Just ask yourself. And lastly, are, is your life, are you keeping yourself, your life, your spiritual life, keeping it from being polluted by that worldly system that we live in? We live in that. What are you doing to keep yourself from being polluted? polluted. Again, we're not talking about perfection, but here, here's the deal. The real McCoy seeks to make course corrections. That's part of being a follower of Christ. We seek to make course corrections. So that's for the believer. Now, for those of you, you know, this whole idea of knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, maybe, the, maybe you haven't done that. Your application of today's message is to say, you know, I need Jesus Christ. I need to cross the line. I need to place my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And the plus, the great thing about that is, well, one, you get forgiveness of sin, right? Number two, God takes up residency in your life so that you have that power to live the real McCoy life. And thirdly, because of the relationship that you enter into with Jesus Christ, you have life eternal, everlasting life. But that only comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Only the real McCoy will spend eternity in heaven enjoying peace and happiness and joy. Only the real McCoy. Where are you at this morning? Where are you at? Talk to me if you would.
If you want to, if you're wrestling with that, how do I become the real McCoy? Talk to me. Talk to me. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for accepting us in spite of when we fall short. Lord, we all desire to be the real McCoy. Help us in that pursuit. Lord, help us to trust in you and allow in your spirit to work in our life so that we become the real McCoy. In Christ's name we pray.